I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello, I'm Henry Schulman, the Giants beat reporter for the San Francisco Chronicle, and this is another Giants double play podcast from spring training in Scottsdale, Arizona. Today you'll hear from Joey Bart, the number two overall pick in last year's amateur draft. Bart has had a great spring at the plate and in the quote-unquote classroom. The Giants catcher of the future has been learning from some very seasoned catchers, including Buster Posey and his manager, Bruce Bochy. We'll talk to Bart about his catching education this spring and the high expectations that come with being called the next Buster Posey. You'll hear from Joey right after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Henry Schulman from the San Francisco Chronicle back with you, and I'm here with Joey Bart. And Joey, as we're recording this podcast, it's the last Monday of camp, March 18th. And yesterday you won the Harry S. Jordan Award, uh, or what used to be called the Harry S. Jordan Award, now the Barney Nugent Award for the best first-year camper. And uh, what I wrote about today was was really uh, that the award was kind of a no-brainer with the surprises that you're still here on March 18th to accept it. Uh, do you, are you aware of how unusual it is for a prospect with your uh, just having been here for less than a year to actually still be in camp this late you know i don't i don't i don't think i know to a certain extent but i definitely feel like you know i've been very lucky to stick around this long and be in this position with these guys and you know i think the more the more days you know the better but um i can only thank boach and and all the guys for you know keeping me around it's been it's been something uh it's been a great experience you know, one of the things that they said was normally they want minor leaguers to go down there and get consistent at-bats to prepare for their season, but they were so happy with your at-bats so far, they thought it was better for you to stay up here and continue, I guess, what is the education, uh, Buster, Bochi. Um, has that been an ongoing process, uh, not just with Buster, uh, whom you lock are right nearby, but uh, with uh, with guys like Bochi, who was a catcher himself, uh, Tyru Umatsu, uh, Eli Whiteside, others who've been in here, kind of teaching you the ins and outs of catching in the majors. Yeah, yeah. I mean, every day I'm getting getting great knowledge. Uh, you know, Whitey's gone for a little bit. I think he's back home seeing his family, but he'll be back. Uh, he's been great. You know, Buster Vote. I mean, all these guys are great. You know, like I said before, this position I've been put in is like. You couldn't have drawn it up any better. I have the greatest teammates there, and, and these guys are really supportive of me, you know, so it helps a lot. So it's been a lot of fun, and, you know, uh, just trying to soak up, you know, the last couple of days or however long I'm here and try to get the most out of it. Is there anything in particular that uh, that you've learned um, that, uh, or any kind of sort of direction that some of the talks have gone that you might not have expected, um, uh, things that have really helped you um, in, in a few weeks that maybe even as a catcher at a high-level college you didn't know? 
Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, see, when you, I'm dealing with different level arms now, you know, um, guys that really know what they're doing, guys that have great game plans. So this isn't just throw a curveball over the plate anymore. You know, we're throwing pitches in locations that I've never, you know, worked on or, or even called. So um, I'm learning a lot of stuff about, you know, pitch calling and, and a lot of stuff about setup and where, where guys like to be. They like to see the glove, whether they, you know, it's just a comfort thing, you know, and I'm sure Buster and the guys that have had the, some of these guys over the last couple of years are comfortable with them now. But the biggest thing is is getting with them, figuring out what they want to see, where they want me, and that's what's going to make them work the best. And I, I saw before you came outside here to do the podcast, I saw you just sitting uh, at a table with Drew Pomerantz and Jeff Samarja. Now, those are two pitchers you may catch in the major leagues. Are these the kind of interactions now that, that become important in building the relationship that you may need down the road? Yeah, I think that's why you see so many guys at the clubhouse so often. You know, I mean, we spend 10, 12 hours a day here every day. And um, I think it's very important, you know, if you go and talk to a lot of major leaguers and hall of famers i retired about everyone i've heard of says that the stuff they miss the most are you know the the talk and the dialogue in the clubhouse hanging out getting to know the guys so i mean when i walk out there on the mound if i have a good idea of i know a guy i know his personality you know know how he competes um it's going to help me out and help me have a better idea of how to game plan as for your relationship with uh with buster um was there any trepid i know you had met him but was there any kind of trepidation or a little anxiety when you first walked in um about how that was going to go this spring i mean i think more of it was not necessarily a relationship standpoint it's just like it's kind of sounds weird but just like being present with you know some of these guys including himself you know it's just you know, I've been around a lot of great players and sort and been able to work with a lot of great major leaguers back in Atlanta and stuff like that. But, you know, we're talking some of the guys we have in the clubhouse with their pedigrees and what they've done in this game. I mean, it speaks volumes. So being in there with him, um, it's great. I mean, he's he's a great guy, obviously great player. Um, and he's made it very comfortable for me and uh, has been very supportive of me and, and looked out after me a lot here. And, you know, I can't take any of that for granted. You know, he's a he's a big needler. I mean, he's a guy who likes to give you a little jab now and again. Uh, have you reached the relationship point yet where he could needle you about Florida State beating Georgia Tech twice oh, this year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he comes with it all the time, you know, and I love it. It's fun. So, yeah, I mean, you, you spend a lot of time around the guys like we do in here. I mean, we get to know people. And I think that's what's so great about this sport is – is that, you know, like I said earlier, we're always in the clubhouse hanging out with each other, so getting to know each other and a lot of fun, fun, playful jabs thrown at each other, and it's just, you know, it's all fun. Well, that's kind of when you know you've made it, isn't it? I mean, not just here, but anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess uh, I guess you could say that when you, I guess, make it as in make it comfortable with that player, but, uh, you know, I'm far from making it, I guess. <laughs> Well, I just I just meant within the uh, within the circle. Now you grew up in Georgia, not real close to where Buster grew up from. You're from more from the Atlanta area. He's from down south. But I mean, uh, I mean, he is one of the more famous major leaguers currently from Georgia. Was he a guy that you either rooted for or just sort of watched as a catcher growing up to look for technique and, and the like? I remember he kind of came onto the scene. You know, obviously when he got to where he's at in the major league level, because. I would, you know, Buster's turning 32 or 30, whatever, 31, 32. So, you know, I'm 10 years, 10 years younger than him. So, I mean, growing up, uh, I wasn't watching that much college baseball at, you know, 10, 11 years old. But I remember once, once he started doing extremely well in, in the big leagues and stuff and you start, you know, rookie of the year and that started coming out. Um, 
I was definitely on them. So, because you got to think, um, what was it? It's, we don't we don't get we don't get those San Francisco games back home. So, right. I'm not not everyone's getting to watch. Uh, you know, the West Coast in general. We don't no one knows anything about Mike Trout where we're from. You know, and he's the greatest player. But I guarantee you, most of the people in Atlanta have never seen seen him play. So, once he started, obviously doing. Basically, what he's done his whole career, just at the major league level, then, yeah, I mean, I started to draw awareness of him and kind of figured out everything, where he's from, and uh, at an early teenage age. Were there any other major league catchers that you sort of admired growing up? Now, a lot of players nowadays say they don't watch a lot of major league baseball growing up because of all the time taken for travel ball and little league and high school ball. But were, were there some catchers that you looked at? Yeah, I mean, I, I never watched TV, to be honest with you. I love the game, um, but I never watched a whole lot of sports or movies, so... I mean, I watch sports, but movies, TV shows, I get grilled. Like, you know, so-and-so from this show or that show. And I'm like, no, like I was always outside probably playing baseball or doing something like that. Um, Michael Barrett, Michael Barrett was a big one. He was my coach um, when he retired. So I knew he was kind of, I heard he was coming to the area to coach. So his last few years in the, in the uh, big leagues with the Cubs, he played with the, got drafted by the Expos Cubs and then the, uh, the Padres as well. He was one that uh, I looked up to, and obviously uh, Brian McCann was a huge one. Being from Atlanta, uh, Javi Lopez, those guys, those are the guys that I remember growing up, going to the Braves games, watching. And uh, it's pretty cool now that I used uh, the last couple of years I've I've taken hit, hit hitting lessons or whatever with uh, Brian's brother Brad. So I've got to know the McCanns. Don't know Brian, but I know him and I know his dad. So it's been it's been a pretty great experience getting to know the McCanns. Um, how did you how did you come to catching to begin with uh so I, I used to play center field um until i was probably 11 or 12 years old and our catcher had a uh had diabetes he'd been diagnosed so in the summertime obviously it's real hot and humid in georgia and uh his blood pressure one day just got really low and we didn't have anyone so i, sl- I slapped some gear on and literally been catching ever since that's kind of how it worked out and uh, you, you obviously must have come to love the position. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't imagine playing any other spot out there. I know in the past when I played first a little bit, it's – I mean, don't get me wrong, it's nice to be relaxed. I mean, it's a whole different mm-hmm. setting over there. But being back there behind the dish is – it's a lot of fun. You know, there's a lot of work put into it. But, you know, and I love being in that position. Now, you know, nowadays with uh, all the, the scouting, I mean, it's no secret when there's a player at your level, at the collegiate level, that uh, there's a lot of attention. And uh, you, you kind of know somewhat where you're going to go uh, in the draft, especially with all the talk. Um, was there any? Did you have any thought at all that uh, you might uh, might sneak in there and be 1-1 uh, as opposed to 1-2? Yeah, I mean, I thought there was a chance for sure uh, coming down to it at the end. Um, it was an interesting situation because – one of Casey Mize is a, is a good friend of mine and we almost talk daily. So when it came down to, uh, you know, the end of the draft there, the end of the college season or whatever, me and him, like we kind of, we kind of knew what was going on, but we didn't really talk about it because, you know, there's obviously, you know, agents and, and word of mouth and stuff like that, that, that only could hurt us, you know? So, um, at the end there, I remember actually Detroit was trying to get me to, to come down to Lakeland I think it was like on the Saturday or Sunday of the drafts on Monday and uh fly down there and, and meet up with those guys so um I had I had a meeting a few meetings with the assistant general managers and they all came in at Georgia Tech and met with me from Detroit so uh there's definitely some interest there um with them and 
the Giants obviously had some interest in me from from like midway on and uh you know the teams coming afterwards I think were pretty interest, interested in me in, as well but uh when it comes down to it and you're in that position it's it's an interesting one obviously because there's not a lot of teams in play so you're not getting a whole lot of attention you know so it's kind of interesting to you're not necessarily talking to a bunch of teams or a bunch of people it's very easy going easy you know kind of quiet because you know whatever they say you're supposed to get picked that high then and those three or four or five teams are the only ones talking to you so it's it was definitely an interesting process coming from the one i went through in high school and of course casey mize was selected uh first by the tigers now looking forward um you're probably going to start the season in San Jose. Have you met uh, Bill Hayes, who's going to be the manager there? I have, yeah. He was the rower, he was the catching guy last year. Um, so he was at my first game in Salem, and he he would come back and check on me. And I mean, I can't, I can't honestly couldn't be more excited for him to be the manager there. I love, I love Billy. He's he's an awesome guy, and I love the the old school flavor he has in him. And you know, he's got so much experience in this game. And, you know, he's worn a Giants jersey for a long time. So, I mean, we're I'm in a great place there. He's also a former first-round draft pick, and uh, he's never really shy about saying that. Did he remind you? I had, honestly, I had no idea he was a first-round draft pick, so he, that speaks a lot for him, I guess. But to, to actually have the organization take a guy who is really widely considered as one of the best catching instructors in the game and actually put him in a job specifically to mentor you, tell you something about where the organization sees you? You know, if uh, if that's true, I don't know, but that's that's pretty cool. I, I mean, I, like I said, I've been been blessed. These guys are these guys do things around here first class. So, um, but any manager that that I that would be there you know or whatever team I'm on like the one I had last year in Salem Hector Borg I mean I just you know I think the world of those guys and the sacrifices they go through and you know those guys have our back so it's a big deal you know for for a guy to go to war and I know Billy's gonna have everyone's back there in San Jose and like I said to spread the knowledge that he's learned in the big leagues for however 20 years plus that he was there now, you know, one of the things that every minor leaguer is told more than once uh, is that, you know, don't worry, don't don't try and guess when you're going to get moved up. Don't try and guess when you're going to get called up, make your major league debut, knowing your own personality. You think you'll be able to do that without kind of checking the, the stats elsewhere? Yeah, I have I used to be that kind of guy um, probably through college. I remember, you know, checking on things to see, like, oh, am I going to make the USA team? Am I going to, you know, am I going to be in the Cape? Who, who am I facing up here against? And I think it just puts stress on yourself to, to, to try to do more. And, you know, I've kind of, I gave up on that. I I had my go with it. So, you know, moving forward from here, um, I don't look, I don't, I'm not trying to look ahead at all. I mean, I am human, you know, so sometimes you, some ideas pop into your mind, but ultimately I got to come out and perform and, and do my job in order to move up the ladder. So that's what I'm going to try to do, you know, day to day, stay healthy, get out there, interact with my teammates be a great clubhouse guy and then i think that's what's gonna put me in the right position to move up the ladder and you know uh, thus far this spring i was going to ask uh you know what your highlight of the spring would be i think the fans would say it would be your double to beat the the dodgers now no never mind that it was in a spring training game against a pitcher none of the fans had ever heard of but would you say that was your highlight so far no doubt i mean that 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 moment was great i i mean i remember standing on deck like so excited to go up there. I was, it was two outs, so I was hoping I'd sneak up there. And the guy had a great at bat, and I just kind of knew when I was walking up that this was about to happen. You know, it had to happen somehow, and why not now? So, 
that was a great moment. I mean, that place got loud, and you know, we're going back over there today, and I'm excited to just get back over there. And you know, that's a beautiful place over there, Camelback, a bunch of fans, and you know, it's a great place to play. Uh, now, maybe I could just ask you for a little bit of a scouting report because there were some other high draft picks last year that you played with in Salem Kaiser. We've heard about a couple of pitchers. I mean, who are the guys that maybe some of the Giants fans should be watching out for? Yeah, I mean, there's a few there. Uh, some of the pitchers, you could obviously Sean Jelly and Jake Wong, I think, are really, really good. You know, and I've heard they've been doing well so far. It's two fr- two good friends of mine as well. So those those guys are great, and they're they're ultra competitors. You know, and that's what I'd love to see. Um, they have good stuff. They're great guys, and they really like to compete. And I think that you know, once once you get out there on the mound and you're in that game setting, that's what it comes down to is competing. You know, and some people have it, some people don't. Those guys are are real serious about what they're doing out there on the mound and, and getting out. So, yeah, I mean, we got those two guys. And, you know, there's obviously a few other players in, in the mix too, but those are two of the guys that just stick out to me. And uh, speaking of sticking out, I mean, Jelly is, uh, I believe he's a si- big unit sized. Is it weird to catch a guy who's 6'11"? At first, yeah, definitely. I mean, the ball comes out differently. When it comes out still at 92, 93 miles an hour, but it's now like – a lot farther out in front it just takes a little bit of getting used to but me and him had a good thing going there in the summer so uh yeah we'll hopefully continue that on you know i uh, just asked you earlier about uh you know not being that guy who's trying to outguess uh when you're uh going to be you know moved up and and the like but the other kind of pressure that i think is going to be put on you and people are saying it already is that you're going to be the guy to replace buster posey and and i know that you are not here to replace Buster Posey in your mind but how do you kind of fight those expectations when everyone around is saying that no I mean I think I just stay at keep at it the same way I have you know like I said earlier taking things one day, one step at a time um, Buster's obviously the catcher here in San Francisco he's probably the best catcher in the game so you know his timeline is is on his terms and in, in my opinion um you know, he's he's a great catcher. Learned so much stuff from him. But, uh, you know, I guess for people to say that, that's that's uh, cool. You know, that's a good thing. But like I said, I'm moving forward one level, one day at a time, one level at a time. And whenever these giants and, you know, the, the front office have, have their mind made up on me, then that'll be it, you know. But like I said, we're moving forward with this thing. Uh, one step at a time and you know if i could ever be the catcher for the giants that'd be you know a dream come true all right well listen i uh, as we talked about yesterday when i set up this interview you know i know everybody wants a, a piece of you everybody has had a piece of you this spring so i'm really grateful that you took the time to uh, speak with me for a few minutes yeah no problem no problem at all Well, that wraps up our Giants Double Play podcast from the Arizona portion of spring training. We'll have a lot more as the 2019 season unfolds. Giants Double Play is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is the editor-in-chief. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. Follow me on Twitter at Hank Schulman. You can support Giants Double Play and a lot of great journalism with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.